Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. It is already Thursday, January the 5th. I mean, the year is almost over. Are you ready for Christmas? I mean, it's like, pff, might as well keep the lights up. This year is moving by so fast. The Memorial of St. John Newman. Uh, Benedict XVI's funeral was today. While you were sleeping, his funeral mass was being said by His Holiness Pope Francis. And uh, many, many people from around the world, tens of thousands came to uh, be a part of that funeral, including heads of state. Just... Just not the president, Joe Biden. Just not the Catholic, Joe Biden. Why didn't he go? We're going to talk about that at 15 past the hour and give you some information about the funeral mass said this morning. But also on the program today, coming up at 35 past the hour, Jason Jones is back with the Vulnerable People Project. We're going to talk to him about uh, 2022 in recap about his work in Afghanistan, Ukraine, and beyond all of that Coming up at 35 past the hour, six votes in for the Speaker of the House and still no Speaker of the House. And yet deals are being cut in back rooms right now. Uh, Attorney Brent Haynes, Catholic Freedom Fighter, is going to be on at the top of the second hour to catch us up on that story. Lots of stories in the news, of course. You might not have heard this, but Election Watch has reported that uh, Wisconsin Election Integrity Watchdog Organization discovered more than 150,000 votes cast in the 2020 presidential election cannot be connected to a valid address in their state. Interesting. Hey, George Soros quietly spent $140 million helping Democrats in 2021. Oh, also, he and his son spent another $170 million for the midterm elections. Nothing to see there. Move along. Move along. Hey, two-thirds of top U.S. economists have all said that the largest financial institutions are all saying 2023 is going to be one big, awesome recession, according to a Wall Street Journal report. Hey, President Joe Biden, speaking of which, he has told reporters that he is finally intending to visit the border after two years in office. Um, Kamala Harris, one more time, the czar of the border crisis, where is she? Just curious. Good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Good morning, Joe. And I think we should maybe just like mm-hmm. go over there, mm-hmm. take his uh, passport out of his pocket. I see. Push him over the edge. Okay. And then he mm-hmm. won't be able to come in. Right? Does he require a passport? Probably not. Probably not. Do, do customs in various countries actually stamp his passport? I doubt it. That's a fascinating I, I don't question. Think he ever. He has a private jet, right? I mean, so he probably he, does internal deals. He's got a little one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he'll just say, oh, yeah, hey, I'm going to come by. Probably oh, not. Right, uh, sure. Probably doesn't. That would be kind of, that'd be a cool part of being president, really, is getting you your passport to? stamped by all the countries you're in. That'd be <laughs> kind of cool. You oh. need an extra big one. Speaking of getting stamped, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Praise mm-hmm. be to God. It's good to be here. Is it? I, yes. Despite the fact that mm-hmm. I'm getting Stamp? Mm-hmm. Not really sure what that means. It sounds ominous. Oh, uh, don't worry, man. You just I, needed to buy groceries. Here. I I'm gonna <laughs> avoid whatever the implication is here. Um, but I, I will leave that there. But praise be to God, it's a, it's a good day to be alive. Is it? It is. You know what today is? Uh, Benedict XVI's funeral. Well, it is also that. Yes. It is also that. And what else could it be? <laughs> it's also Thursday, mm-hmm. and and the uh, 
12 days of Christmas, within the 12 days of Christmas. And what would today be? I guess today would be day 11, right? Because tomorrow's Epiphany. 11? How's it go? What's the On verse? the 11th day of Christmas, my true love gave to me. Mm-hmm. What is it? 11 Piper's Piping? I was going to say Pipes of Piping. That pipes, was going to be that, my guess. That's my 11 guess. Pipes of Piping. Yeah. I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's right. What is 12? <laughs> 12? 12 Golden Rings. No, that's five. No. That's five Golden Rings. 12, 12? Maids at Milking? No, no, that's like seven Maids at Milking. I don't know. I don't know. Let <laughs> us know if you know the 12 answer. Twelve turtle doves. We'll have to. No, we'll have to Google no. this. Three, Clearly. four, two, two turtle doves. Two, two turtle, turtle doves. And a part. This is the important question. Yeah. These are the answers. These are the things <laughs> that we worry fun. about on Catholic Drive Time. Yeah, at Our, fifteen past the hour. All right. <laughs> 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 <We'll> discuss. <laughs> all right, praise be to God. We have a lot to cover today. Let's pray. Let's uh, let's get into it in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember. O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headlines with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, January 5th, and here are your headlines this morning. Ground News reports Twitter is set to reverse the political ad ban to bolster up its revenue. Twitter says it will expand the types of political ads allowed on the social media platform, an apparent reversal of its 2019 global ban on political ads, as the Elon Musk-owned company now seeks to grow revenue. Just the News reports, retired FBI boss says agency has lost independence and has been co-opted by liberal Department of Justice ideologies. Quote, what I see is that it's basically a wholesale takeover by the Department of Justice, which is filled with political appointees in every top position, and then by extension, right into the administration, end quote. Ex-FBI Assistant Director Chris Swecker said in a wide-ranging interview. If you're interested in this topic, search Catholic Drive Time on YouTube and uh, look for the video called FBI Whistleblowers Exclusive Interview. We interviewed two FBI agents on this particular subject. The Washington Examiner reports House delays seventh speaker ballot until Thursday following raucous vote to adjourn. The House of Representatives on Wednesday evening voted 216 to 214 to adjourn after a sixth round of a sixth round of votes failed to elect a speaker of the House. Representative Kevin McCarthy from California, who had met with the 20 Republicans blocking his bid for speakership, said the two sides are making progress. And the Washington Examiner reports, two charged in Christmas substation attacks that left thousands without power. Two men have been charged with conspiracy to damage energy facilities for a series of attacks on substations in Washington that took place on Christmas Day. The FBI was able to use surveillance footage from the facilities to identify the the suspects. It further used cell phone data to detect the devices that were in the vicinity of the attacks at the time. Using phone numbers as well as connected email account data, the Bureau had a better picture of the involved parties. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. And yes, the 12th day of Christmas is actually... 12 drummers drumming, did confirm. The saint of the day is Saint Celestia. Born in 480, she was born at Alexandria in Egypt of wealthy Macedonian parents. From her infancy, she was invited the lure of virtue, and in her tender years, she consecrated her virginity to God. 
Flight was her refuge against exterior assault, and regarding herself as her most dangerous enemy, she began early to subdue her flesh by austere fasts and other mortifications. She never seemed to suffer more than when obliged to eat oftener than when she desired. Her parents at their death left her heiress to their opulent estate. Having soon distributed her fortune among the poor, retired with her sister into a lonesome monument on a relation's estate, where, having sent for a priest, she cut off her hair in her presence, in his presence, as a sign whereby she renounced the world and renewed the consecration of herself to God. The fame of her virtue began spreading abroad. Many women resorted to her abode to confer with her upon spiritual matters. Her humility made her unwilling to take upon herself the task of instructing, but charity on the other other side opened her mouth. Oh, said the saint, how happy should we be, and did we but take as much pains to gain heaven and please God as worldlings do to heap up riches and perishable goods. At other times, admonishing them of the dangers of this life, she she was accustomed to say, quote, We must be continually upon our guard, for we are engaged in a perpetual war. Unless we take care, the enemy will surprise us when we are least aware of him. In this life we sail, as it were, in an unknown sea. We meet with rocks, shelves, and sands. Sometimes we are becalmed, and other times we find ourselves tossed and buffeted by a storm. Thus we are never secure, never out of danger, and if we fall asleep are sure to perish." We have a most intelligent and experienced pilot at the helm of our vessel, even Jesus Christ himself, who will conduct us safe into the heaven, the haven of salvation, if by our suppleness we cause not our own perdition. The devil afflicted her like another Job, and in the 18th year of her age, the 80th year of her age, she was seized with a burning fever, an abscess in her lungs, scurvy, awful stinking ulcers, Her jaw and mouth were destroyed, depriving her of speech. She so loved her suffering that she dreaded the doctor's alleviation of her pain. She was consoled by God alone. She suffered, surrendered her pure soul into the hands of her creator at the age of 84. She died in the year 500. St. Synclesia, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from John chapter 1 verses 43 through 51. Jesus decided to go to Galilee and found Philip. And Jesus said to him, follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the one about whom Moses wrote in the law and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God, you are the King of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see the sky opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. (laughs) 
Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. This is one of those passages I've spoken often about that is uh, deeply, there's so much soaked with so much Old Testament understanding that you have to really dive deep into that to really get the most out of like what's going on here. The fact that so little is said between Jesus and Nathaniel, and yet we go to, whoa, you are the Son of God. Like, that's a huge leap, right? So what is going on here? The Son of God, the King, this is very interesting. The, the Ignatius Catholic Study Bible says, titles closely connected to ancient Israel, where King David and his successors are called the sons of Yahweh, 2 Samuel 7, 14, for instance, Psalm 2, 7, 89, etc. Unlike his Davidic predecessors, however, Jesus is the Son of God by nature and not by a covenant of divine adoption. Nathaniel speaks from his knowledge of the Old Testament, number one, that he was called while sitting under the fig tree, which recalls how neighbors will invite one another under their, their fig tree in the Messianic age. Judaism linked this hope with the coming of the royal branch, a Messianic figure mentioned by Zechariah, and modeled on his contemporary Zerubbabel, who built the temple after the exile. Number two, mention of Jesus' hometown suggests a connection with Isaiah 11.1, 1, where the branch that will sprout from David is a term, uh, the Hebrew word nestor, is linked to the word Nazareth. Once these oracles converged in the mind of Nathaniel, he could reason that Jesus is the messianic branch and thus the royal son of God. Allegorically speaking, St. Augustine says, the shade of the fig tree is the shadow of sin and death. Nathaniel is the church who is known in advance by the mercy of God, cleansed of all guilt and impurity, and summoned by the apostles to come forth from darkness to live in the light. Now that's uh, St. Augustine. Now, the Catholic commentary on Holy Scripture says on the ascending and descending part, it alludes to Jacob's dream vision in Genesis 28, uh, 12, of a ladder at Bethel, near which Jesus was saying all of this, by the way. He asserts that the Son of Man in his earthly ministry shall be the center of communications between heaven and earth. These communications being conceived as angelic goings and comings. The order, ascent and descent, is not that of angelic motion, but of a ladder, the primary purpose of which is to ascent. Our Lord is giving Nathaniel, answering him through the lens of the Old Testament, giving him yet another vision by which he can connect the dots, that he is the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the true Messiah, the very Son of God. Do you believe that? Nathaniel did. You should too. We'll be right back. Edward Penton is going to join us. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton. The old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton. 
www.thegoldfishmarket.org. For victory in life, we've got to keep focused on the goal, and the goal is heaven. The key to winning is choosing to do God's will and love others with all you've got. Sacrifice, discipline, and prayer are essential. We gain strength through God's Word, and we receive grace from the sacraments. And when we fumble due to sin, and it's going to happen, confession puts us back on the field. So if you haven't been going to Mass Weekly, get back in the game. We're saving your seat on the starting bench this Sunday. Welcome home. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Jason Jones from the Vulnerable People Project is going to be our guest. We're going to catch up about his projects in Afghanistan, Ukraine, and beyond. He was in Africa recently. Uh, What was 2022 like for him? All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Do join us. I want to say before I jump into discussing the Benedict XVI funeral and uh, all of those related topics, there was a story that was breaking last night. Um, J.J. Watt, who, uh, you know, we're here in Houston. He used to play for the Houston Texans. He's since gone on to play for others. Uh, There was a story that his heart had to be shocked this week. It went into AFib, and he had to shock it back into rhythm. The question is, how serious is that? Obviously, in light of the Buffalo Bills player, uh, who's still fighting for his life, by the way, um, you know, this is a very serious topic. Well, J.J. Watt tweeted this morning, he says, I was just told somebody leaked some personal information about me, and it's going to be reported. I went into AFib on Wednesday and had my heart shocked back into rhythm on Thursday, and I'm playing today. That's it. So maybe it's not as big of a story as some are suggesting, but... Again, one of the things Mark Alcon talked about yesterday was if you're a young athlete and you're seeing a lot of athletes suffer cardiac arrest, all of a sudden it's spiking out of control, you ought to be very concerned because your life is far more important than your paycheck or your fame. So uh, let's, let's pray for those athletes that are going to be facing these types of issues. Nonetheless, there are lots of stories in the news that are of great concern to me, and I'm sure they are to you. And, of course, this morning while you were sleeping, Benedict Sixteenth. Uh, uh, was at his funeral mass with Pope Francis uh, presiding there. Tens of thousands, this is an article out of the Catholic News Agency, tens of thousands attend simple, solemn liturgy for beloved Pope Emeritus. I'll only read a little bit. It says tens of thousands of people were present in St. Peter's Square for the funeral Thursday of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, a leading theologian of the 20th century and the first pope to resign from the office in nearly 600 years. Royalty, cardinals, uh, patriarchs, government officials, and many Catholic families and religious attended the funeral on a cold and foggy morning at the Vatican. More than 3,700 priests concelebrated the Mass. Cardinal Joseph Zen, Cardinal Daniel Donardo of our backyard, Timothy Dolan, Gianfranco, and Giuseppe, and all cardinals cre- uh, created by Benedict, were seated in the front row. The Vatican said 125 uh, cardinals can celebrate The ceremony began with the transport of the Pope Emeritus's wooden coffin from the Basilica to St. Peter's Square. Archbishop Georg Gonswein, Benedict's personal secretary, approached the coffin, knelt before it, and kissed it. The crowd then prayed the sorrowful mysteries of the rosary in Latin for the repose of the soul of the late Pope. Praise be to God. Uh, wow. The funeral mass was simple and solemn in accord with Benedict XVI's wishes. The Sistine Chapel choir sang the Salve Regina in, uh, 
and Paradisium and other hymns. An image of the resurrection of Christ was hung from St. Peter's Basilica behind the altar. Pope Francis presided over the funeral for his predecessor, Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI. Uh, I also went through Pope Francis's homily. I, I don't know. I found it um, banal. I, I don't, don't mean to be really critical at this at this time, but I didn't like there was not a lot of meat on the bone, let's just say. Uh, but he commended Benedict to the hands of the father and, uh, and said, may your joy be complete. So you can read Pope Benedict's or rather Pope Francis's homily on Catholic News Agency's website. They have it in full there. But one big question that popped up was why? Why didn't the Catholic president of the United States attend this funeral? Well, there's a dust up over that. Here's an article over at the LifeSiteNews.com website. It says, White House suggests Benedict XVI didn't want Biden at his funeral. So there's the question. There's the rub. Is it because Benedict doesn't want him there? Or is it because the Vatican said, don't come? It's going to be a simple sort of muted kind of a thing. What's the story here? The article says the White House has appeared to suggest that the late Pope Benedict XVI did not want President Joe Biden at his funeral. Press Secretary uh, Jean, Miss Jean-Pierre confirmed at Tuesday's briefing that Biden will not be traveling to Rome for Benedict's funeral on Thursday, January the 5th. Joe Donnelly, the U.S. ambassador to the Holy See, will be representing the country instead. Notably, Miss Jean-Pierre added that uh, Donnelly's attendance in Biden's stead is, quote, in line with the wishes of the late Pope and the Vatican, close quote. Going on to say, quote, this is what their requests were. This is what their wishes were, close quote, she said. Yikes. Well, it doesn't stop there because apparently some reporters asked, they asked uh, President Biden why he was not going. And there was uh, the, au- the audio of this is actually quite terrible. There's a very loud, you can hear the APU of the helicopter of Marine One in the background, an APU, an auxiliary power unit. Uh, was it has a very loud noise and it was running in the background and you can you can barely hear this exchange between President Joe Biden and this reporter. But the reporter's like, why aren't you attending? And President Biden says, well, why do you think? <laughs> like very cryptically, like, why? Why do you think? Uh, I don't know. You tell me, says the reporter. Joe Biden says, well, you know why. Uh, <laughs> no, uh, I was hoping you could tell me. That's why I'm asking you. And uh, President Biden goes on to say, well, we'd have to bring a thousand people. It would be a big entourage. It's not what they want. We'd only get in their way. Okay, let's just say that that's true. And I think there could be something to that. Clearly, Ms. Jean-Pierre has made it clear that the Vatican informed the White House that don't come, just send your ambassador uh, this is going to be simple. This is the wishes. Now, again, it goes back to, did Benedict XVI say, hey, we don't, I don't want this guy at my funeral, or was it, I just want a more muted situation? Because the reality is, only two official delegations attended the funeral, Germany and Italy. However, comma, however, if you, uh, I think it's at the bottom of this article. No, it's at the bottom of a different article. This one is at the CNA. It says, Biden says he admired Pope Benedict, recalls conversation about Aquinas. And at the end of the article, it talks about how uh, he didn't go, why he didn't go. 
Well, it turns out that a lot of other heads of state went, even though they didn't have uh, official delegations. Poland's president was there. Hungary's prime minister was there. Czech prime minister was there. Slovenian president was there. Uh, Let's see, who else was there? European royals, even Queen Sophia of Spain, King Philip, and Queen... Uh, uh, the Queen of Belgium also planned to attend. So let me get this straight. You're the, you're the President of the United States. You're also a, a, a Catholic. A, you, know, you, you, say, you tell everybody you're Catholic. All right, fair enough. But you don't, you don't have an official delegation. Well, all of these heads of state found a way to, to attend. Why can't you? Why didn't you? Why, if I were the President of the United States, I'm like, listen, you don't got to invite me. I'm showing up anyway. I'm gra- I'm fine. Where's my passport? Uh, this time I'm going to the airport. We're gonna we're gonna make this thing happen. I would not miss the the funeral of a pope as a Catholic. That would be like a, a huge priority for me. What if he, he he? I mean, he wasn't able to, right? I mean, this death was very sudden. He already had the ticket to go to mm-hmm. the border. I see. You know, and he had to buy a ticket he had to, to go buy, to the border. He had to buy a ticket to the border. He he, he, he booked got, it two years ago. He booked it two years ago. Yeah. He got it mm-hmm. uh, just the economy, mm-hmm. and yeah. he's not able to it's change the it. Economy, huh? Yeah, it's just basic economy. So he, he can't he can't change it at all because he didn't splurge for that extra yeah. know, fifteen bucks or so. I don't to know be able to do that. It's hard to understand exactly where this is. I think it's a combination because in this CNA article, uh, Biden talks about he reminisces about when he met Benedict last time. Um, and how it was clear to him, he says, quote, I had an opportunity to spend some time with Pope Benedict, a couple of hours, and he was great. He reminded me of going back to theology class. The president responded, we spoke about Aquinas and about the Summa Theologica. He said, referring to the medieval theologian St. Thomas Aquinas and his influential capstone work. The president reflected on Pope Benedict. He says, quote, I found him to be relaxing very rational, and had a more conservative view within the Catholic realm than I have. That's not hard to do, <laughs> President Biden. Okay? There's like there's so many things there. I mean, um, one, anybody with um, a pulse Joe is Biden a more knows conservative St. Thomas Aquinas? Views. That's my thing. He finishes by saying, I'm closer to the present Pope in terms of philosophy, his view, but I admired him. I thought he was a fine man, Biden said. So I think it's there's there's something to this to say there's likely Benedict probably said listen the guy is way out on left field I don't know man and I also think the Vatican said listen we're going to mute this thing down this is he he was the former pope he's not the current pope we I don't, think that's don't, more likely we don't need a ton of heads of state showing up with official entourages and uh, and making this thing look like it's a major yeah, state funeral. I agree with that. I, I think I would love to believe that Benedict explicitly put in don't don't let Biden in, but I, that just doesn't sound like uh, something Benedict would do. It doesn't, does it? It does not. Um, it, it would be great. It'd be awesome to be like he's a pro-abortion politician. I want to send a message. I mm-hmm. highly doubt it. I mm-hmm. think your second theory makes far more sense. I think. I think Francis and the uh, Vatican as a whole was just like, let's keep this low key. Uh, let's uh, we don't want to make a huge spectacle of it. Yeah, and it'll draw more yeah. attention to the whole situation of two popes. Um, <laughs> and let's not do that. So, I, and plus, I also think it would look bad if um, if the because Pope Francis gets very small audiences for his Wednesday audiences. And if they see just like a well, tens of tens thousands, of thousands. <laughs> yeah, tens of thousand people came whenever everybody was disinvited. 
Yeah. So if everyone was invited, yeah. it might, so yeah. you know, I don't know. That's yeah. my that's my thoughts. It says nearly two hundred thousand people came to see Benedict the Sixteenth wow. lying in state inside St. Peter's Basilica in these days ahead of the funeral. So large crowds, uh, considering how last minute it is. Yeah. Um, if only President Biden had access to, like, say, airplanes and a helicopter transportation that could take him to Rome. I want to know why uh. King Juan Carlos didn't go if his wife's Queen Sophia went. Only one of them's Catholic is the proper interpretation, I would imagine. No, Juan mm. Carlos is, is definitely <laughs> Catholic. Mm-hmm. Surely. He was uh, sick. Also, before we run out of time, there was also a little bit of dust up over the cannon used in the mass. A lot of uh, folks were criticizing the fact that the Roman canon wasn't used. In fact, the Eucharistic Prayer 3 was used instead. But uh, So the argument goes that Eucharistic Prayer 3 has some verbiage in it that references the dead and can be used and often is used at funerals. It was also used quite frequently by Benedict XVI himself. Hmm. So did he request the Eucharistic Prayer 3? Or did the Vatican just make this decision? I have no idea. I don't know. All I know, I don't know anything about what's happening in the Vatican. All I know is that uh, I mm. think the Roman canon should just be used exclusively. So Is Father Guido Mariani still there? He used to be able to uh, decide those things. I think he stepped down, though. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Interesting, uh, very interesting plot twist there. But let's pray for the repose of the soul of Benedict Sixteenth. And, uh, you know, and there's a lot of there's a lot of calls for uh, Santo Subito. There was a giant poster, St. Peter's Square, calling for his beatification canonization. Will that happen? Hopefully not. Hopefully not soon. Hopefully, hopefully this process takes longer than it has in more recent years. Let things simmer down and settle and figure this stuff out. Bring back the devil's advocate. And let the miracles come in, and then we'll go from there. And anyway, Jason Jones coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Our family has spanned the centuries and the globe. With God's grace, we started hospitals to care for the sick. We established orphanages and helped the poor. We are the largest charitable organization on the planet, bringing comfort to those in need. We educate more children than any other institution. We developed the scientific method and founded the college system. We defend the dignity of human life and uphold marriage. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are transformed by sacred scripture and sacred tradition, which have guided us for 2,000 years. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the sacraments and fullness of the Christian faith, Jesus started our church when he said to Peter, the first pope, You are rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. So if you've been away from the Catholic Church, we invite you to take another look. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. We are Catholic. Welcome home. Ladies and gentlemen, this is your captain speaking. We're currently cruising at 39,000 feet. We'll turn that seatbelt sign off for you and let you move about the cabin. Looks like we'll have you at the gate and plenty of time for you to get to confession before Mass this evening. Wouldn't it be great if everyone regularly went to confession? Why not start today? A friendly suggestion from Guadalupe Radio Network. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And now more headlines. Breitbart reports, China experiments with spreading vaccines through mosquitoes. Mosquito-based vaccine distribution would be used on animals in the wild, preventing them from developing viruses that could be passed to humans. 
Chinese scientists generally claim that this is how the Wuhan coronavirus pandemic began, despite the remarkable difficulty in producing supporting evidence. The Chinese government, on the other hand, officially claims that the coronavirus was created by the U.S. Army at a laboratory at Fort Detrick in Maryland and spread to China by either American service members or frozen fish products. The Epic Times reports, Screen time is slowing children's neurological and social development. This is an interesting story. Uh, I suggest you check it out at the Epic Times. They say excessive screen use is also linked to a decline in crystallized intelligence and fluid intelligence, writes the paper's author, as well as a decline in executive functions. Executive functions are brain activities that are crucial to adulthood, such as the ability to plan, remember instructions, pay attention, multitask and shift between tasks and complete them, delay gratification, control impulses and process sensory input, regulate social behavior and even have self-awareness. Though young people may appear to be fully grown, executive functions do not fully develop until the mid to late 20s, which is why excessive screen usage can be so dangerous. A recent study in the Journal of Pediatrics found that just one hour of screen time a day was linked to diminished executive functions in children as young as two years old. Research published in Preventative Medicine Reports found that just one hour of screen time in children and adolescents between the ages of 2 and 17 was linked to less curiosity, less self-control, and greater distractibility. Sadly, teens are now averaging more than 9 hours a day of screen time, while those 8 to 12 are averaging an average of 8, according to research by Common Sense Media. So consider that today. And those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Praise be to God in all things. Thank you, uh, Rudy, for keeping us up today. I just thought about the story just kind of popped in my mind. You guys remember, you probably don't remember this, but uh, year, years ago, uh, back in like years two, ago. 2009, <laughs> there was a woman who jumped the barriers and tackled Pope Benedict XVI. She did it a year later, a second time. Like, I, I wonder... Who is this woman? And I'm looking at a video right now of the, I think the, one of the attacks. I can't, I don't know if this was the first attack or the second attack. I'm not sure, but she, she literally got across the, the, the boundary and got a hold of, she should have been a safety bag. I mean, like this woman was able to get past security guards. Oh man. This was the second one. And was the second one? Because it was 2009. And a tackled. That's crazy. Pope Benedict. I wonder if she went to his funeral. How on earth? Could you imagine if she was at his funeral? Like what? And then she be? tackled his dead body. Yeah, kind of crazy. <laughs> at any rate, apparently she went to a missile institute institution afterwards. Oh, I see. Well, let's pray for her too. Oh, joining us right now by a telephone is our good friend Jason Jones from the Vulnerable People Project. Good morning to you, Jason Jones. Good morning, Joe. How are you doing? Praise be to God. I am alive, and that that counts. How are you? I'm good, brother. I'm alive. Yeah, amen. <laughs> I woke up in time for your show. God is so good. A, a triumph for me. Amen. Happy New Year to you. Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas, sir. Let's talk about 2022 and the Vulnerable People Project. Uh, uh, some highlights, maybe even if you're up for it, some some uh, difficulties, challenges, low low lights for you in 2022 with your with your work at the Vulnerable People Project. Yeah, I mean, I guess I'll start with the highlights. You know, by God's grace and thanks to the generosity of our donors, and in fact, when I was on your show in 2022, a lot of folks that were listening uh, joined our Coal for Christmas campaign, and we were able to, to feed uh, and deliver coal to more Christians and Hazara minorities and 
the widows and orphans of our Afghan allies in the World Food Program. So we, we have a system to distribute food and fuel uh, for heat across Afghanistan. But beyond that, we built our first women's medical center uh, in Chesh District in a remote village that hasn't had a well. And that village has been there since before Alexander the Great invaded. Um, wow. Now they have a water system. They have wells. Um, and we began securing girls' schools. And once the Taliban made a decree two weeks ago that university education was now closed off to girls, we moved them into home-based education with um, teachers that will be teaching them over the Internet. And we even founded an accreditation program so these girls can actually still get their degrees so i feel i tell my team this is like they're they're young they don't know what i'm talking about i'm like this is our life is just a video game donkey Kong. we we're trying to climb ladders and we're having barrels thrown at us by a gorilla that is the taliban but uh, our job is to jump the barrels and smash them with our mallet and <laughs> and that's what we do uh some low light you know in ukraine and made international news we had a van that was bringing food and medicine in, and we have, we have several vans, but one of our vans uh, was shelled by Russian artillery, mm-hmm. and um, we had a few casualties. And our teams, we have a former Green Beret. We partnered with Ryan Hendrickson to begin landmine removal in those areas where Russia retreated and children were playing and also removing landmines from the farms, over a 1,000 landmines. And there were a few casualties from our Ukrainian partners and, and a former British SAS soldier died as part of that. So um, in a lot of ups and downs, in one week, we had a wedding that we threw for our sister project at Hero Inc. There's the Vulnerable People Project and Movie to Movement. And 13 years ago, a young woman saw Bella chose life and gave birth to twins. She's volunteered for our organization ever since that day. Well, wow. we surprised her by paying for her wedding reception. So the week Ooh. of her wedding reception, we also ended up having to pay for several funerals uh, after ISIS bombed a girls' school in mm. Afghanistan. So it was it was it was a bit surreal to have our organization involved in funerals and a wedding the same week. But this is our mission: is to stand with the most vulnerable people in the world when the world has left. And so what we do is, you know, we find we have these really beautiful moments and we have these sorrowful moments. I mean, there have been so many, I almost forgot that, you know, we had, uh, as you may remember, there was when the bomb exploded at Abbey Gate, uh, there was this, you know, 170 Afghans died and and 13 Marines Mm. and other service members. But in that explosion, an Afghan family was at the gate right at the gate and when the bomb went off and a firefight erupted between ISIS and the U.S. soldiers, um, some of the family was pulled into uh, the airfield and and the other half of the family was pushed away, which included grandma and baby, and mom and dad were pulled in. They they were separated for for almost a year and a half, but thanks to Marilis Pinheiro, our diplomatic liaison, uh, her tireless work in September, we were able to finally get the baby to the United States, which it might seem like a simple thing to do to get a two-year-old child reunited with her, his parents, but uh, it's extremely difficult um, to get a child uh, to travel and to find somebody to get a visa for somebody in Afghanistan to travel with the child, and, and, uh, and especially with all of the COVID restrictions. 
uh, it was it was a year and a half of relentless work. So that's just that's just a glimpse of of the work we've done over the wow. past twelve months. Has your team, uh, uh, you know, the casualties alone is kind of is heartbreaking. But has your team grown? Have you been able to uh, to recruit? Have more and more volunteers come on board? Because I mean, truly, what you you're doing is inspirational. It seems to me like a lot of people would want to help. Yeah, no, we, God has been so good to us. In fact, I set a very audacious fundraising goal for December, and you know, you, Guadalupe Radio, we we survive off of the generosity of our supporters, and in fact, thanks to Catholic media. It's, you know, when you support Guadalupe Radio, you support apostles like ours that come on shows like this, and this is how we do our work. But we have a big capital campaign we're launching in 2023 because we really do need to grow. And so I didn't approach our major donors at the end of the year. I said, I'm going to really have to ask them for some big things in the next year. So let me just really just pray and work hard and hope our, you know, small to medium donors step up. And I said, I set a goal. I, I said, how much food and coal can we distribute? I set that goal for the next 90 days. And, um, and you know, by God's grace, I don't even know how we met that goal. It just doesn't even make sense. Wow. And, um, and so there are a lot of folks that, that, that have come. Now, a lot of people do want to volunteer for our organization. And we have a very unique model. When I founded this, conceived of this organization as a young infantryman, as a young soldier, I had the idea of building a, a, a human rights organization that worked with communities facing genocide and democide using this sort of like the special forces AT model. Instead of training them on how to use artillery or heavy weapons or uh, and military strategy and tactics, what we would do is we would train them in how to influence the media, the, the legislative process, how to find influencers to advance uh, their causes on the world stage to um, push for their interests to be met. So that's, that's what we do. And so, you know, most of our teams are the communities we serve. Mm. So we have thousands of Afghan uh, volunteers, um, the same thing in Ukraine. Uh, We will get folks that say, Hey, we want to go to Ukraine. We don't need you to go to Ukraine. Generally, of course, if you were a former green beret, who's, uh, who specializes in landmine removal, well, then we would like you to go. But for most folks, you know, we need you to to speak out in your parish, um, to educate the community. We have a new campaign called FreeOurBishops.com. We have several, uh, seven Catholic bishops have been disappeared by the CCP. Whoa. And so that's what we really, yeah. Hold that thought right there. I think we'll come back on that in just about a minute and a half from now. Jason Jones is our guest, Vulnerable People Project. Find them online at VulnerablePeopleProject.com. We'll be right back. More is coming. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into a suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to LordTeachMeToPray.com and click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it is in the old Christmas carols that date from the Middle Ages that we find not only what makes Christmas poetic and soothing and stately, but what makes it exciting. The exciting quality of Christmas rests upon a great paradox. 
that the power and center of the whole universe may be found in something very small, a baby in a manger. And it's extraordinary to notice how completely this paradox of the manger was lost by the brilliant theologians, but was kept in the Christmas carols. The songs recall the main point of the story, that God once ruled the universe from a stable, and that the hands that made the stars were too small to reach the huge heads of the cattle. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Our good friend Brent Haynes is going to be on the top of the next hour. Catholic freedom fighter. He's going to be talking about the uh, the story of uh, the House Speaker going six votes. No House Speaker still. What's the story there? Have deals been cut? <laughs> Brent Haynes will give us the lowdown there. But our, our other good friend, Jason Jones, from the Vulnerable People Project, vulnerablepeopleproject.com. Uh, just an incredible organization with everything you do, uh, Jason. You and your team is, is so very inspirational. Uh, but I wanted to ask you, and you kind of touched on this right before we went to break. You talked about the, the bishops in China in prison. I was going to ask, and I wonder if you could tie this in. Like, okay, so we got Afghanistan, we've got Ukraine, but where are like the hot spots nobody's paying attention to, or very few people are really talking about? that you know are are very troubling and need some serious attention. Sounds like China should be on that list. Yeah, well, China should be on the top of that list. The CCP is, is an international <laughs> terror organization. In fact, they have now secret prisons, I mean, secret courts uh, and secret jails across the United States and Canada. I know with the Uyghur community that I work with, uh, even American citizens who are Uyghur that formerly lived in China, they are relentlessly harassed by the CCP intelligence services. Wow. Uh, tens of thousands of Christians and Catholics have been disappeared and sent to black prison sites across China, including the most prominent Catholic layman in China, one of the most prominent Catholic laymen in the United States. That's Jimmy Lai. Mm. He'll probably die in prison, and he never broke a single law. Uh, we see the same thing with Cardinal Zen, who, by God's grace, is in Rome. In fact, he'll be meeting with um, our diplomatic liaison tomorrow, I hope. Oh, wow. and, um, but, you know, you have the CCP, which is a menace. And by the way, the CCP isn't just a menace within China. They're, they're a menace around the world. Mm. But we have a, a new initiative at the Vulnerable People Project called Vulnerable Parish Program, or Vulnerable Parish Program, where we're providing physical security for, uh, and, and food security for parishes facing hunger or violence across the, United, across the world. Whoa. So Nigeria, for example, uh, mm. we have four parishes we've just secured in the past couple of weeks in Nigeria. Praise God. But uh, we're, we're looking to expand this initiative into Syria and into Iraq. And the world really is on fire, and it, and it gets to be just hard to wrap your mind around it. So what we do at the Vulnerable People Project is we, do, we try to do what we say. You know, we, we try to go where no one else will go and serve, and then we found organizations we have something we call um our olive grove and um and what we do is we found organizations we plant olive trees that will exist for example in ukraine we planted a tip of the spear landmine removal is now an organization led by ryan hendrickson a former green beret and all they they focus on is landmine removal in combat zones uh, we're founding a new organization called hope for all afghanistan that will be afghan-led uh, I'll be on the board, but it'll be Afghan-led, and its goal will be to 
continue the work that VPP started in this crisis of this past 18 months. And then we're going to uh, focus our attention more on Yemen, uh, Iraq, Afghanistan, I'm sorry, Yemen, uh, Iraq, Syria, and across Africa where uh, Catholic communities are facing extreme violence every day. I mean, just two priests were kidnapped in the, in the past two weeks so oh, wow. in Nigeria. So there's, there's so much happening and there's so much to do. You know, and part of the mission of our work is, is to really represent authentic Catholic social teaching. And, mm-hmm. and it's to stand with the vulnerable from the child in the womb to those families imprisoned in CCP uh, concentration camps in Xinjiang province, East Turkestan, uh, to, you know, Catholics that are freezing to death. Uh, the, uh, let me share one initiative we just launched. It's not even public yet. We call it a Noble Brother. Noble Brother is we've identified the widows and orphans of our Afghan allies who were killed in action. So for those Afghan men that fought side by side with the U.S. forces against the Taliban, their widows and orphans are at the bottom of the social totem pole right now, and they're mm-hmm. starving to death and freezing to death. So we're creating a network of support for them. And we just got a, a very large donation from an enlisted uh, Army Ranger who heard about it, and he had said he had inherited some money and wanted to tithe from that. And I thought, how amazing is it that mm-hmm. our very first donor to our initiative to care for the widows and orphans of our Afghan allies who were killed in action was from an active duty enlisted uh, army ranger. Wow. And who's a very devout Catholic who told me, you know, I asked him, how is it, you know, he, I, I've known him for a long time, but since he was a boy and he, he said, you know, uh, uncle, I'm still, uh, I'm still going to daily mass when I can, but it's not always easy. Um, <laughs> but it was, it was, it, you know, and I can, I can imagine as a veteran myself, I know it's not Mr. easy. So, um, Mr. Jones, let me yeah, ask you a question okay. here. Uh, you know, there's a lot of different uh, different causes that you've mentioned so far in this interview, and I'm, I'm wondering how do you keep pulse of all of these different uh, objectives that that need help? How do you keep track of all that sort of stuff? Do people come to you and tell you their needs, or do you have a pulse on it on your own? No, that's exactly it. We we don't go looking for work; it finds us. So we'll get these requests. In fact, what happened in Nigeria was Catholic priests began reaching out to us saying. Hey, you're securing these girls' schools in Afghanistan, um, but our parish communities are, are violent threat. Can you help us? And um, so we looked. And, and what's great about our model is when we find somebody in the community that we can make as sort of a project manager, mm. and then we assess the situation on the ground, we see how much it's going to cost, we see if we can raise the money, and then we implement the program. So it's really easy for us to scale up. Um, but, and, and, you know, we are very disciplined. We, we start small. We give small grants. We see how those grants are spent. And if there's the slightest hint of misuse of our funds, um, then they're immediately cut off and we look for new partners. So, Wise. Um, no, it's, you know, we, for, for 20 years, we really kept our work quiet because we ran influence, mostly influence campaigns. The good news and bad news about our work in Afghanistan is, we got a lot of publicity and we rescued a lot of reporters and a lot of people who worked for reporters, even the secular press. So we got a lot of publicity. That publicity led to our being inundated with uh, requests for help. I mean, I, our whole Afghanistan initiative started from a Catholic filmmaker asked me, can we rescue their, their friend's mother? And uh, we did that in early August wow. of last year. 
and the end of that first week, we had 560 some requests, Oof. which included from U.S. Air Force, Catholic religious orders, um, evangelical Protestant ministers, you know, who, who wanted us to help rescue their community, Marines asking us to rescue their interpreters. So, um, and then we just, if we can, you know, I know the importance of the apostolic life of the word no. We say no a lot. <laughs> but if we can't say yes, we if we can't say yes, you know, and um, these people are very strong people. They're they're placed in impossible situations. You know, when I went to, to Ukraine in the very first weeks of the invasion, we discovered a catastrophe, which was young girls were being placed on trains and vehicles and sent to the West willy-nilly, these young orphans. There's you know, an orphan problem in Ukraine. Well, Chechen, and I hate to say it, they were Chechen traffickers. That's who was, was waiting in the West to poach these young girls, and they would be just gone. So we set up a system of shelters. We partnered with Solve Care, a for-profit tech business, and a religious order uh, in, 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 in Ukraine. Um, but while we were there checking on our, our medical teams and on our, our, our building our relationship with Solve Care, there was a young woman that ended up walking to the border with her child and needed a ride into Warsaw. We were going to Warsaw. And she looked like just a miserable, I hate to say it, like just a just poor, broken refugee. Well, we got her to safety. Strangely enough, you know, through my filmmaking partner, Patty Millette, the mother of Justin Bieber, we were able to get this young woman wow. and her child to a, a home in Germany. She befriended me on Instagram, and I realized she was the wife of a very successful upper-class guy who went to war, went to fight, and she ended up having to walk for, you know, days through the sleet and the cold and the rain, pushing a stroller. So um, what these vulnerable communities look like, uh, it's, it's not always what you think, you know. Um, there, it's, uh, it was striking to me when we got inundated with requests from Catholic communities facing a relentless barrage of violence. And I just kind of assumed these problems would be, were being addressed by other organizations. Mm. And you find... We've constantly said that in human rights work, there's Palm Sunday. That's when the cameras show up, the media shows up, the money shows up. But then there's the cross. We seek to serve at the cross. And um, I, I tell the Afghan communities, for example, I'm serving now, I'm like, you know, there's going to be a time when your community's safe. But for my team, we're always at the cross, whether it was in Iraq during um, the rise of ISIS, whether it was a decade before, during the genocide in Sudan, um, now in Afghanistan. There are always those communities that the world has forgotten. And I think that the best witness we can do as Catholics is to stand with the people in the world that no one else will stand with. You look at St. Damien when the, the Queen of Hawaii called out to the world, will somebody please serve our lepers? It was a Catholic priest from the other side of the world. It said, I will, I will stand with them. I will serve them. And of course, he ended up getting leprosy and dying on Kalapapa. Me being from Hawaii, I looked to St. Damien as an example. I want to serve where to serve doesn't get you applause, but may get you kicked in the face. Um, it comes with a lot of risk. And, um, and yeah, so I always... Yeah, Jason, uh, real quickly, we have about a minute left in our conversation before we go. Uh, two things. One, I just want to say that I think everything you're doing is amazing, and 
it's one of the few organizations that I really trust with donating. And I'm like, I can donate here, and I know the money's not going to go to some slush fund. So I just want to throw that out for the audience. But real quickly, I've heard you in the past um, talk about the, the the whole project you have with the bishops in China uh, and trying to get the Vatican involved. What has come of that? Have you had any success in getting the Vatican to say anything publicly about a minute left in our conversation? Yeah, well, the Vatican is definitely, their relationship with the CCP is adrift. And our diplomatic liaison, Marilis Pinheiro, is in Rome. We just opened up a Rome office, and she's working very hard. In fact, hopefully she'll be meeting with Cardinal Zen tomorrow. But, yeah, folks want to go to us. It's thegreatcampaign.org or freearbishops.com. And, you know, our work for the bishops is just beginning. And it's not just the bishops. There's seven bishops that have been disappeared. But there are tens of thousands of Catholic lay people that are languishing away in CCP prisons. I believe that the, the end of the CCP is near. In Pope Benedict's last words, he talks about seeing these ideologies of evil vanish. It was striking because it reminded me so much of what uh, St. John Paul the Great wrote in his last, last book, Memory and Identity. Ideologies of evil disappear because of deprivation. The CCP will disappear. Before that happens, let's get our Catholic laymen and bishops free. Amen. We are out of time. Jason Jones, God love you, my friend. You are amazing. And we really appreciate this uh, time that you've given to us today. The Vulnerable People Project, vulnerablepeopleproject.com or freeourbishops.com. Check those websites out and share them widely. Do support this incredible work. Jason Jones, God bless you. God love you. Have a great day, sir. All right, top of the next hour, Brent Haines is going to be on. If you can join us, we're going to catch up on the Speaker of the House controversy. All that and more. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says, All comfort must be based on discomfort. What's that supposed to mean? It has something to do with the fact that we celebrate Christmas in December. It is the feast in the middle of winter. We are choosing to be joyful at the very moment when the whole material world around us is most sad. We are defying cold death outside by celebrating life inside. And that's why there's nothing more comfortable than a blazing fire in the middle of a blizzard and why we bring a green tree inside and decorate it and talk of good cheer in the face of darkness and death. Tidings of comfort and joy. Because all comfort is based on discomfort. Want more than a minute? Visit us at chesterton.org. Are you looking for peace? Longing for joy? Want to meet the giver of all goodness? God is calling the laity to bring Ignatian prayer into the suffering world. Work for the new evangelization. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. Order your free digital training and manual. Find true happiness and everlasting joy. Go to lordteachmetopray.com. And click on the red button today. It's free. Approved by the USCCB.
Are you on the CDT Insider email list? Hi, Joe McLean here. And every week I send you cool stuff straight to your inbox, goodies that you're not going to want to miss. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT and get signed up today. Hi, I'm Father Wenzel Pavlovsky from St. Paul the Apostle Catholic Church in Nassau Bay. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Class act. Total class act. Just amazing. I want to be Jason Jones. Go to Vulnerable People Project and just give them all your money. I either want to be Jason Jones or Gabriel Castillo when I grow up. One of those two. Like, you can't lose with either of those options. You don't want to be Eduardo Ver- Verastegui? Uh Eduardo was never. I wouldn't know. I'm never gonna. I've never I've been never able to talk to him. him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe he's amazing. I. How would I know? He. He won't take my call. I'm sure he is. What if, no uh, doubt in my mind. What if he's the perfect example of don't meet your heroes? No, he'll be. I'm sure, <laughs> I would imagine because he's on my. He's on my top ten. Want to talk to? Gave list? Uh, Gabriel yeah. Castillo. His house to use and a yeah, driver for exactly. free. Yes, he's a hero. He's, he's good. He's, he's a hero. Good. He's on the list. I would love I'm to talk. He just doesn't Eduardo want to talk someday. to Joe. And Jason knows him personally, so Jason, hook me up. Eduardo, he's on Eduardo. my broma. He's on my wish list. He was the guy calling interviews. him uncle earlier. I think the guy is amazing. Uh, I didn't ever talk to him, but he, for a guy to walk away from international f- uh, fame mm. and spend the rest of his life doing sort of advocacy work, like Bug Hall, that's kind of a big deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like that's a lot to walk away from being a star. He was uh he he sang, he acted, you know, he was a big deal. He's probably on how many tens of thousands of posters in some At least some seven. girl's room, you know, someplace, you know. <laughs> so uh That's anyway. kind of weird to think about. I don't know how we got How did we get on Edward? I would, I Let's would talk still, about Jason Jones. I was still so weird Jones. if someone had a, my picture on their wall. That would be I weird. would hate that. That'd yeah. be so weird. That would be weird. But nonetheless. But no, Jason oh, Jones, Vulnerable amazing. People Project, he's one of the few organizations mm-hmm. that I donate to personally. Yeah. Because I just, you know, I just don't. I mean, we talked to our friend um, with uh, the Love Honto Institute, Michael mm-hmm. Hitchborn, and so many of these so called Catholic organizations just abuse our money. And you have no idea where the money's going to. Whereas for Jason, I mean, you just friend him on Facebook and tweet him or send him a direct message on Twitter and you just say, hey, yeah. where are you doing with my yeah. money? And he's like, well, this is where I went to. Yeah. I saved X amount of people. Yeah. I fed eight people with that with that 20 bucks you gave me. Right. And um, I'm exci- I was really excited amazing. to hear that his organization is now protecting Nigerian parishes. Yeah. Because that is a huge need. Yeah. And especially with all of his connections in, you know, former military, former military special forces guys who have the expertise to be able to go in there and maybe advise local. Uh, Amazing. To be able to provide security. That is so needed right now. You know, there aren't Christian armies that the Pope can call on to say, hey, you need there's a crusade that's needed in so and so's country. Go protect these these Catholics. It doesn't exist anymore. Mm-mm. It's not a thing. Right. So uh, pretty impressive. Hey, by the way, guess what? Uh, guess what? My family and I did yesterday. Uh, you watched a movie. We did. <laughs> guess what movie <laughs> we watched? Uh, you uh, watched The Chosen. You no. watched Christmas special. No. Uh, hmm. Let me see. Give me a hint, dude. There's like <laughs> it's a Christmas movie. Amount of movies. It's a Christmas movie. Uh, definitely not Christmas. Oh, okay. then Die Hard. 
Uh, no. Oh, you said not Christmas. It's an advent Exactly. It's an advent film. Yeah. So you're going backwards. No. So, oh, never mind. We watched on the recommendation of Gabriel Castillo, Peace oh, Be Upon Him. Oh, Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. Puss in Boots. <laughs> but it was Puss in Boots. Was it as wholesome as he said it was? Okay. So I have some opinions on this. Uh-oh. Here we go. Now, on the whole, Gabriel Castillo has been canceled. No. <laughs> I would not. I would never. Uh, I would never cancel Gabriel Castillo. But nonetheless, uh, on the whole, very entertaining. And he's right. He's right. There's... There's no woke ideology in this. Doubt. It's good. It's family. Did you get teary themed? Did I get no? I didn't you have get to look at the cat that's in the way in the background. There are some issues, though. Oh. There are some issues, and I will share those issues in the after show. So if you want to get in on that action, if you want some spoiler alert like material about Puss in Boots, then you have to because uh, it's so good when he says it on Antonio Banderas. Oh, he says it way better. So good, <laughs> so good. Uh, take it easy, you know. I just love that. So good. Anyway, um, I'll share those thoughts with you about what I thought were real problems and the good stuff as well coming up in the after show. Do join us at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. But speaking of uh, superheroes in boots, uh, Catholic Freedom Fighter Adrian, or not Adrian, Adrian. Brent yeah, Haynes. <laughs> Brent you heard Haynes it here first, guys. Joe says something nice about me. Uh, it's not on true. accident, though. Uh, it's fake news. <laughs> it's fake news. It's a psyop. I wouldn't go with it for you, uh, Brent. Good morning to you. Good morning, Joe. Do you wear a cape? I'm just curious. Do you wear you wear a cape, right? Yeah, Freedom Fighters you know, should wear capes. Maybe, maybe lawyers. Maybe lawyers a couple of centuries ago wore capes, but <laughs> that's uh, I haven't seen any lately. Ah, uh, wow! Well, there's a but, that's but a whole rabbit a hole we could get into, but I'm going to avoid that. We must return. You know. I, well, I have a question for you, or, okay. or possibly mm-hmm. Adrian or Rudy. Are, are you available to serve as Speaker of the House of Representatives? <laughs> <laughs> I will take that job. Yeah, I'll do it. Seems I, pretty cush. I will not serve if I, elected. It'll be a stepping stone. For me to take my ascendancy as I king, see. so I will accept <laughs> that position. Speaker then king? <laughs> yes. It's That's a, a heck it's, of a job It's right a there. step in the direction. So, <laughs> yes, Brent, uh, call them up. Tell them, yeah. put my name in the jar. How much does it pay? Yeah, does it probably pays well, I imagine. You think so? Probably. You just get sweetheart well, deals on the side. Nancy yeah. Pelosi fun. had a, a fridge of uh, ice cream that's worth more than my car, so well, <laughs> maybe. There you go. Six votes, Brent. Six votes. I mean, what, when's the last time that ever happened in the United States Congress? Well, you know, it's been over, it's been over 100 years or what everybody's reporting, but the reason I asked if you were available, um, jokingly, of course, the reason I ask is a lot of people don't realize that the Speaker of the House does not have to be a member of the House of Representatives. Now, what? It always has. Mind it blown. It always has been. I definitely am more well, interested now. Whew. I thought you would be. Well, the... The U.S. Constitution has no requirement that the Speaker of the House must be a member of the House, just as there is no requirement that a member of the U.S. Supreme Court has to be a lawyer. What? In fact, there weren't there weren't any law schools when when the I Supreme know the definition Court of woman. I think I'm qualified. <laughs> Well, uh, I would support you on that ground alone, Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, while we're on the tangent, does one have to be a, a priest to be elected pope? No. You just have to be no. a male Catholic. Male Catholic. So I guess it, it can make Catholic. sense 
that uh, these things are are a thing. But nonetheless, it's the possibility of a non-member of of Congress being elected to House Speaker is what one in seven million or something. I mean, who knows? Yeah, it's better than winning the lottery, but 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 not likely. Uh, although somebody did suggest, at least in commentary earlier this week, that former Congressman Lee Zeldin uh, might be a good compromise candidate. He his term just expired. He gave up his House seat to run for governor of New York as a Republican. Wow! Um, and he so, lost. So you know, there's that. And there's somebody recommend. Somebody suggested maybe Trump could, you know, could be speaker. That um, would be hilarious. Be hilarious. <laughs> Imagine oh, Trump man. introducing Biden at the, uh, so at the, what's this it called? This would be a pay-per-view oh, event. I, forget I mean, <laughs> oh, that'd be amazing. It would just I be. I think that would usher in well, that they, film, uh, uh, Idiocracy, uh, basically. How, how to gaslight real life. the hard left. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be so funny. Well, the interesting thing, remember, is the speaker is third in line to the presidency. Yes. So if you had someone who was not a, uh, an elected public official, mm. perhaps ever. Um, I mean, there's actually a group out there that's put out a list of 10 or 15 people they think would make a good compromise candidate that could pull from both sides. Now, mm. the parties are just too ideologically different for that to really happen. But uh, it is interesting that if that were to happen, and then if some sort of disaster were to strike and both the president and the vice president were removed from office, you know, by one reason or another, without uh, an appointment uh, taking place to replace the vice president. You could have an unelected president of the United States if, if somehow they had been, a, been elected speaker, though that's not going to happen. But it, but, it, but it is worth pointing out that that's the structure of our system. Mm. Um, but yesterday they had three more votes, just as they had uh, on Tuesday, votes four, five, and six. The uh, vote count changed slightly. What was interesting is they switched, the dissident congressman switched from voting mostly for, for Congressman Jim Jordan to switching to Byron Donalds. He's a relatively new congressman from Florida. Now, Donalds actually voted for McCarthy in the first two votes, rounds one and two, when there were 19 votes against McCarthy. He's the one who defected first. And he made it 20 votes against McCarthy because he said, very reasonably, he said, look, I voted for him on the, the first two times. He obviously doesn't have the support, so you know, let's move on. The change yesterday was that another congressman, in this case congresswoman, defected from the McCarthy supporters. She did not vote for Donald, though she voted present. Now, what that does is that lowers the threshold for getting elected. The uh, speaker gets elected by those present and voting for vote present and voting if somebody is not present or if they just vote present what they're effectively doing is standing aside and saying you all decide the issue sort of like when somebody in the general election votes for a third party candidate except uh, uh this time they just don't even count the vote they don't they don't count at all in the total except to note that they were there so hakeem jeffries still has 212 votes uh, McCarthy has uh, is went started at 203 at the beginning. He's now down to 201. So he needs another 12 votes mm. out of those 21 to to win. As long as the remainder only vote present. Now there were reports last night that uh, that there's some deals made again on on uh, certain, basically certain rules and policies and possible committee appointments in the House. 
which shows that maybe these dissidents are, are are gaining ground. Maybe they're getting some of what they want. Now, some of them are basically anybody but McCarthy or the Never Kevins. There are five of those, or at least four. Matt Gates is basically their leader. But there's a report that Congressman Chip Roy from Texas said that with some of the concessions the McCarthy team was making, that maybe as many as 10 could come along and vote for McCarthy. If that happens, McCarthy, you know, at that point, he's only a couple of votes from from getting the speakership. But they're asking for uh, concessions such as, you know, what we discussed before, that legislation be uh, be available 72 hours before it's voted on so that they actually know what they're voting on. You know, mm. very reasonable. Um, and they're asking for uh, certain uh, personnel, you know, certain personnel, certain committee or subcommittee assignments. Now, Newt Gingrich previously criticized them, saying this is a matter of personal ambition. But uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert from Colorado uh, who is a very, very Trump-oriented, very conser- Trump-oriented, very conservative congresswoman? Um, you know, she said uh, after the votes Monday or, or after the votes Tuesday, she said, "You know, personnel is politics," and she's right. You and I discussed this, Joe, back when uh, President Biden made his first appointment to the U.S. Supreme Court, and we were talking about how, especially with Supreme Court appointments, personnel is politics when it comes to trying to get your policies represented. Uh, in judicial decision making, so uh, some of these uh, opposition Republican congressmen want to make sure they have the right committee chairman and the right subcommittee chairman in place, including on the two most important committees, the Appropriations and Rules Committee committees. What a lot of people don't realize is that when legislation is proposed in Congress, it doesn't just start in a committee and then get or subcommittee and then get voted to the committee and then go straight to the uh, floor of the House, it goes to what is called the Rules Committee, and it can die there. Mm. And the Rules Committee determines when and how it comes to a vote. And uh, so that's an important change they want. They want to make sure that they don't go to a lot of work to get some legislation through the original committee, only to have it die in another committee uh, because other members of their party have killed it. Uh, they also want, and this might sound, it might sound strange that they don't already have this, but they want the right to propose amendments to legislation from the floor of the House. Again, you might think that that is the way it works. If you've ever been to a political convention uh, for, say, a political party, that's generally the way it works. That's the way most organizations work, but not the House. That rules committee decides when or how amendments can be offered. Some of those sound like very reasonable requirements, and they might actually get some, even though uh, McCarthy could become speaker. Well, I guess we'll have to just see how it goes. They're going to be back to voting at noon Eastern time today, so we'll we'll catch an update on that as well. Uh, you know, if it comes out one way or the other, we'll let you know. Brent Haynes, God bless you. God love you. Thanks for giving us the update. We appreciate it. All right, time to play our game, Fear and Trembling. If you would like to win prizes, call right now, 877-757-9424. It's going to be fun. We'll be right back. Fear and Trembling up next. Merry Christmas from the Guadalupe Radio Network in Houston. I'm General Manager Tim Mott, and there is one very important thing that I'm going to shout from the rooftops, from the radio, and from your GRN phone app from now until I can't shout anymore. The incarnation changes everything. Deus fit homo ut homo fieret Deus. 
God became man so that man might become God. Go look it up. That's what we celebrate on Christmas, and thank you for listening to the Guadalupe Radio Network. This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Christmas Minute. G.K. Chesterton says that it's become a bad habit in our society to celebrate Christmas before it comes. We've forgotten the glory of anticipation. The presents should not be opened until Christmas. That, of course, is part of the excitement. And while we know the gifts are coming, Chesterton reminds us that the best kind of gift is the surprise gift. And if we have the right perspective, we should look at everything as a gift and every gift as a surprise gift. We are happy to wake up on Christmas morning and find gifts in our stockings, but the best gift we could ever find in our stockings is our own two legs. Want more than a minute? Visit our website, chesterton.org. Oh, come, let us adore him. Hi, this is Dave Palmer. Doesn't that perfectly describe our disposition during this Christmas season? We have the honor of being able to adore the Christ child at Christmas and adore him throughout the year in the Blessed Sacrament and receive him at Mass. And what a blessing also that we can tune in to the GRN anytime to keep our minds focused on our Lord Jesus Christ and his Holy Church. Merry Christmas and a blessed new year to you and your family. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and fear <gasps> and trembling. A Catholic trivia game show with secrets and agendas that you can't tell anybody. But you do have to call. If you want to play, it's fun. I guarantee it. It's a good time. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. Call right now. Phone lines are open at 877 877- Seven five seven nine four two four. First caller gets to play the game. Eight seventy seven seven fifty seven nine four two four. If it's been a while, you may call back. Eight seven 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 five seven nine four two four. But there are a few things we like to do on the down low on the QT. Number one, we like to teach the faith because you know um, you're probably not learning enough about your faith every day like we aren't, and we're like, hey, you know, we need to learn more. So we we very sneakily. And I'm sure that's a word. We very sneakily throw in these questions where you're going to learn something you didn't know before. Praise be to God. And then, of course, we like to have a laugh, a good time. When our callers call 877-757-9424, they laugh with us, and we appreciate that most, I would say. Um, But the kicker is we also give out prizes, which means you could learn, you could laugh, and you could win. It's a good deal. And the first caller uh, at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. Gets to play the game. But uh, the kicker is, the real secret sauce is they don't have to know any of the correct answers. Could still win our game because I'll ask Rudy and Adrian. One will give us a correct answer. The other an incorrect answer. The caller at 877-757-9424 will have 15 seconds to make a decision Whom do they trust more, Rudy or Adrian? 
And then every correct answer then goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. Rudy, what could they win? Praise be to God. This week's sponsor is Abbey Roast. The Benedictine monks of Our Lady of Guadalupe Monastery in New Mexico offer 100% gourmet Arabica coffee. Ooh. You might be wondering, why is that? Well, it's carefully roasted in small batches to bring out the unique qualities of some of the best selected coffees that they can deliver to you. All of the proceeds contribute to the expansion of their monastery in order to receive the many vocations that come knocking on their doors. The winner this week is going to receive some of their coffee to enjoy in the morning. You might uh, call it a Abbey Roast moment. Some might say a Folgers moment, but it's actually an Abbey Roast moment. Uh, mm-hmm. You can listen to mm-hmm. Catholic Drive Time while you sip your delicious Catholic Ooh. coffee. It sounds yummy. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, we're looking for a caller. So if you've never played, this could be a great opportunity for you to do so. Right now, 877-757-9424. First caller gets to play the game right now at 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. If we don't get a caller, boy, it'll be first time in a year, like two years, since we've definitely not had a caller. Then I think what we'll do is we'll play the game, and we will decide who in our Telegram group should go into the coffee cup to win this week's prize. <laughs> Does that sound like a fair deal? That sounds pretty fair. Yeah, we yeah. could do that. All right. Praise be to God. Let me go at that phone number one more time. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424. And I want to say a special shout-out to Becky Dominguez and Peter Washburn and Tammy Marbury, Mike K., Damon, Josh Patterson. Uh, good morning to everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us in our our group here today. We really appreciate it. T-Storm's in the house over there. Uh, Monica Cortez is over there as well. Praise be to God. So everybody who's hanging out in our Telegram group, we appreciate it. For Shannon, we continue to pray for your needs as well. So uh, praise be to Jesus. All right. Looks like we do have some calls coming in right now. And uh, we're going to let one come through, and then we'll jump on and get to these questions. But before I forget... <clears throat> Don't forget, in the after show, if you're curious about Puss in Boots, whether or not it is family-friendly, can you take your kids to it? Are you worried about the woke ideologies? Well, I have some good news for you. Um, and some things to watch out for, because my family and I watched it. Join us in the after show if you would like to uh, to talk about that. Let's let's jump on the phone. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, Don. Good Don- morning. Hello, who am I talking to? Um, this is um, Donnie and Tony. Donnie and Tony in the house. It's been a while since we've heard from you guys. How are you? Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Praise be to God. Great. Thanks for your perseverance. Our phone lines are, I guess, we're having some issues, but uh, you're here. Uh, did Tony, what, did, what was your favorite thing for Christmas this year? Well, um, I got a Honda T-shirt. What? That is amazing. Praise be to God. And some Ranger tickets. Oh, and some Ranger tickets. Well, keep asking, Tony. Maybe next year you'll get those Houston Astros tickets. I'm just just saying. Just just put it out there. (laughs) Ghost Rose. I'm teasing. I'm only teasing. All right. uh, We're going to run out of time if we're not careful. Tony, are you ready to play? I am. Let's do this. We will start with Rudy Carlos wearing the CEO tie today. 
Hello. Uh, good morning to you, Rudy Carlos. Uh, that's uh, Mr. Rudy Carlos to you, uh, pal. Okay. All right. <laughs> Very good, Chief. I'll make sure that HR reaches out to you for that. <laughs> Sounds like a threat, but okay. <laughs> I'm going to ask HR about threats. But... <laughs> Are you ready, sir? I am ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you really sure? Absolutely. All right. Here we go. Whom, or some would say, whomst, does the hypostatic union refer to? It refers to the sweater that you put in the dryer and you forget to put a dryer sheet in there and the oh. clothes get stuck together to I it see. with static. Oh. It refers to the sweater. The sweater yeah. is being referenced in hypostatic yeah. union. Yep. I see. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Adrian, I know that you're all about the static because uh, I read your Twitter feed and trust me, it's all static. But nonetheless, could you tell me whom does the hypostatic union refer to? Yes. Well, sorry to disappoint you, Joe, but Mm -hmm. I'm actually a PhD in clothesology. What? Uh, Yeah, I'm an expert on clothes. Mind blown. But the problem is, as an expert on clothes, I know that what Ruby said was not true. In in fact, the answer is our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Really? Yes. That, that, okay. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, Tony and Don, you got options here. The hypostatic union. Is it our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and his two natures, or is it a sweater suffering from static electricity in the dryer? That's what Rudy said. Adrian's on the board for Jesus Christ. What say you, Tony and Donnie? Adrian. Wow. You can tell. (laughs) Tony's a total veteran. He's a a champ. I would say that it makes you younger, Tony, but Mm -hmm. for in your case, it does not. (laughs) You're already young. You're not at the threshold yet. Yeah. Well, congratulations. You are correct, and well played. Not actually admitting Adrian was correct there, but still going with it. It was implied. It was was just masterful. In in it was it was there in spirit. You are correct. <laughs> Hypostatic union. It is the uh, is the, the nature of our Lord being fully God and fully man. Praise be to Jesus. You're right. Let's see if we can't double your chances with this next question. Going to Adrian first. Bold of you. Very bold move. Let's see what my options were. Anyway, uh, what is the term for groups of devoted persons, usually women, though, who... <laughs> Give their service to the church in preparing vestments and altar cloths. Ah, uh, yes. My my mom and my sister are actually part of this. Really? Yeah. They go and they help out at the church and I do see. this kind of thing. I see. And that would be the altar society. Altar society. Mm-hmm. Altar, not like you're altering something, but okay. altar as in like the oh, altar. I see. You have to do the sacrifice of the mass. Okay. Okay. Uh, Rudy, let's see what you have to say. What is the term for groups of devoted persons? Normally, they are ladies who give their service to the church in preparing vestments and altar cloths. Yeah, it's the first Catholic union, the United Altar Union. Really? Yeah. They unionized? Some would say... Is this to negotiate their salaries? Live better, you know, work union? I don't know. I've, I've, I've seen that in a bumper sticker somewhere. I don't the local United something Altar like Union number 572 or yeah. something like that? I think yeah. Rudy and I should unionize against Joe. All right, uh, Donnie and Tony, you got options. What is the group of devoted persons? Normally, they're ladies who give their service to the church in preparing vestments and altar cloths. Is it the United Altar Union, or that's what Rudy said. Adrian's on the board for Alter Society. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Tony? Donnie? What say you? Hopefully, no curveball. I'm going with Adrian. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, Way to go. If you're a Rangers fan, you might swing at those. I'm just, oh, ouch. just saying. Just got to be careful. It's okay, Tony. I'm on your side. Don't worry about Joe. All right. And Donnie, don't worry. You, you become younger in, in his stead. <laughs> you're in for two. Alter Society is the correct answer. Well played. Last question. we got to get after it now. Back to Rudy. Rudy, is joy one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? <laughs> no. What? No. Are you serious? No. It's not? It's not. No. All right. Now I'm really curious. Adrian, <laughs> what are you going to say? Is joy one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Oh, man. I mean, there's a lot of options to go with here. And uh-huh. Rudy went with no. Um, yeah. well, you going to go with maybe? I'm going to go with yeah. uh, flip a coin yeah. and... Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> wow. I didn't go. see that coming. All right. Uh, so the question, is joy one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost? Adrian says yes. Rudy says no. Donnie and Tony, what say you? Oh, my gosh. I was going to have to say Adrian. What? <laughs> that was a bold. Wow. That was a bold. I, know. I mean, uh, could Adrian be correct that I mean, many times in I, one exactly, game? That's what I was thinking. What? I was like, if I was him, I would have bet, would have bet on Rudy. <laughs> you are correct. Yes, joy is one of the fruits of the Holy Ghost. And it's so good to hear your voice again, Tony. God bless you. Have a great day and Merry Christmas. But uh, still don't go anywhere. Rudy's going to pick you up here in just one second. But that's going to do it for the radio side of our show. A lot of fun, and we appreciate always having a good chat and a good laugh with our callers. But if you would like to get into the after show and conversate directly, I'm going to tell you about my experience at the Puss in Boots film last night. Uh, is it family friendly? Can you take your kids? I'll tell you all about it. Go to grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. Welcome to the Holy Mass, live from Our Lady of Corpus Christi, home of the Salt community. For more information, visit salt.net or ourladyofcorpuschristi.org. Today we celebrate the memorial of St. John Newman, Bishop. This holy sacrifice of the Mass is being offered for all those listening in on the Guadalupe Radio Network and all of our online viewers. Please join in singing our opening song, O Come All Ye Faithful. O come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, O come ye Oh, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold him, born the King of Angels.
angels. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Oh, come, let us adore Him. Christ the Lord. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And with your spirit. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who called the Bishop St. John Neumann, renowned for his charity and pastoral service to shepherd your people in America, grant by his intercession that as we foster the Christian education of youth and are strengthened by the witness of brotherly love, may we constantly increase the family of your church. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Reading from the first letter of St. John. Beloved, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. We should love one another, unlike Cain, who belonged to the evil one and slaughtered his brother. Why did he slaughter him? Because his own works were evil and those of his brother righteous. Do not be amazed then, brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Whoever does not love remains in death. Everyone who hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. The way we came to know love was that he laid down his life for us, so we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If someone has worldly means, sees a brother in need, and refuses him compassion, how can the love of God remain in him? Children, let us not love in word or speech, but in deed and truth. Now this is how we shall know that we belong to the truth and reassure our hearts before him in whatever our hearts condemn. For God is greater than our hearts and knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence in God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let all the earth cry out with let all the earth cry out to God with joy. 
Let all the earth cry out to God with joy. Sing joyfully to the Lord. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful song. Let all, all the, the earth, earth cry, cry out, out to, to God, God with joy. joy. Know that the Lord is God. He made us. His we are. His people, the flock he tends. Let all, all the, the earth cry, cry out to God, God with joy. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Let all, all the, the earth cry, cry out to God, God with joy. The Lord is good, the Lord whose kindness endures forever, and his faithfulness to all generations. Let, Let all, all the, the earth cry out to God with joy. Alleluia, alleluia, alleluia. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. <clears throat> A holy day has dawned upon us. Come, you nations, and adore the Lord. Today, a great light has come upon the earth. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus decided to go to Galilee, and he found Philip. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Now Philip was from Bethsaida, the town of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, We have found the one whom Moses wrote in the law, and also the prophets, Jesus, son of Joseph, from Nazareth. But Nathanael said to him, Can anything good come from Nazareth? Philip said to him, Come and see. Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said of him, Here is a true child of Israel. There is no duplicity in him. Nathanael said to him, How do you know me? Jesus answered and said to him, Before Philip called you, I saw you under the fig tree. Nathanael answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus answered and said to him, Do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. And he said to him, Amen, amen, I say to you, you will see the sky opened and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise, Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Christ. We continue in the first reading from that first letter of John. The first letter of John really is a summary of the Gospel of John. John beginning with, God is light, and then finishing with the fact that this astounding mystery that God is love. Not one of his greatest qualities, but that God is love. And he goes on to say in that first reading that we are to love one another and to look at Jesus as the one who shows us how to love, to lay down our life for our brothers. Not like Cain, who was jealous of his brother, and because he was jealous, or because Cain did not offer a proper offering, he, his brother Abel made him look bad. So he was jealous, and so he killed him, the, the first fratricide. He killed his brother because his works were evil, and he belonged to the evil one, as St. John says. 
He goes to say that if we, when we, if we have loved our brothers, that we have truly passed from death to life. Whoever does not love remains in death, St. John says. And everyone who hates his brother is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life remaining in him. I think it causes us to reflect on the quality of our love for our brothers and sisters. Remember, love is to will the good of the other. Jesus shows this in his most astounding, profound way by giving up his life, even for those who would hate him, those who would not love him, who would not accept him, would not accept the invitation, as we hear in the gospel, to Philip and then to Nathaniel, to come and follow me, or to come and see, as Philip says to his friend Nathaniel, come and see, come and see the one whom, was wrote, whom Moses wrote about, and also the prophets, Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. We celebrate today this great saint, St. John Neumann, bishop of the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. And in that opening prayer, we hear that St. John Neumann was well known for his pastoral charity, specifically in his, in his love to educate the youth, to educate young people. This is, of course, the great project that we have in parochial schools in the United States. Parochial schools being the way that we teach our young people not only about, about the things of this world, but knowledge of God, but more importantly, how to love God and how to love our neighbor. When Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI came to the United States back in the early 2000s, he said one thing when he's talking to Catholic educators that always has stuck with me. He says, in our education in America, we have done a good job in, in educating the intellect. He says, but perhaps we have neglected the will. And in saying that we have neglected the will, he first of all is saying that the growth in virtue, where education is more than just head knowledge, it is to be applied to life, and by life is to live life well, to live a virtuous life, to live a good life, to live by the virtues, which of course then make us, make us better and more fruitful human beings. When he says that we have neglected the will, he also, I think, is, is saying something about our education in love. I think it was Father Cantalamesa Mesa who once observed, says, we have spent, we spend all kinds of money and, uh, and, and energy trying to make our kids smarter. We, we play Beethoven and Bach and music, things like this, so they'll be smart kids. He said, but how many, how many of us train children in their education to love better, to love more perfectly? That is the, ne the neglect of the will in our education. Jesus is showing us how to love. He trains us how to love to love our brothers as he has loved us. That is the great commandment, to love one another as Jesus has loved us. That is the new measure. And Nathaniel, when Jesus looks at the Nathaniel, he says there's no duplicity in him. And I hope there's no duplicity in any of us, that we say one thing and perhaps act another. We say we love, but we really don't do it in word and in deed and in truth. We just simply speak. We have a lot to say, but, we're, we're, but we lack a lot of... Uh, deeds or follow through. Let us ask the Lord today to help us to truly love, to love as he loves. 
we have reflected in this Christmas season of allowing God to love us, to allow him to see us wherever we're at and however we are. And then in turn, that love is to turn out to love others with that very same love with which God, with which Christ has loved us. That is the secret of this Christmas season and of the gospel, the readings that we have today. May that love be fruitful in our life. May we love one another as Christ has loved us. Let us stand and offer our prayers to our Heavenly Father. Let us pray for our Heavenly, for our, our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for all the needs of the Church. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray for all Catholic educators. We pray through the intercession of St. John Neumann that they would be inspired by the Holy Spirit to train those who, for whom they are educating in the ways of, of knowledge, knowledge of God, but also to love. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For those who are lonely, for those who are depressed, for those who are isolated, may the grace of this Christmas season be poured out upon them to know the love of God, the love that God has for them, and that we may love them as our brothers and sisters. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the sick and the suffering, that they may be healed according to God's will. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. For the intentions of those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for their families and friends, we pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We pray finally for those who have died, for all the holy souls in purgatory, that they may rest in peace. And remember, too, the reposes soul of Pope Emeritus Benedict XVI, whose funeral is today. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. Heavenly Father, hear our prayers. Grant our petitions through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. Our offertory song is the summons. Will you come and follow me if I but call your name? Will you go where you don't know and never be the same? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? Will you let my love be shown? Will you let my name be known? Will you let my life be grown in you and you in me? Pray, dear beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. May the Lord accept the sacrifice at your hands for the praise and glory of his name, for our good and the good of all his holy church. 
Merciful Father, look upon the gifts we have placed on your altar and grant that we may reflect the image of Christ your Son, just as you granted to St. John Neumann to imitate what he celebrated through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right and just. It is truly right and just, our duty and our salvation. Always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God, through Christ our Lord. For through him the holy exchange that restores our life has shone forth today in splendor. When our frail humanity is assumed by your word, not only does human mortality receive an unending honor, but by this wondrous union, we too are made eternal. And so in company with the choirs of angels, we praise you, and with joy we proclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Plenis Uncelli et Terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, the fount of all holiness. Make holy, therefore, these gifts, we pray, by sending down your Spirit upon them like the dewfall, so that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and once more giving thanks, he gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith. We proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, as we celebrate the memorial of his death and resurrection, we offer you, Lord, the bread of life and the chalice of salvation, giving thanks that you have held us worthy to be in your presence and minister to you. Humbly we pray that partaking of the body and blood of Christ, we may be gathered into one by the Holy Spirit. 
Remember, Lord, your church spread throughout the world and bring her to the fullness of charity, together with Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, and all the clergy. Remember also our brothers and sisters who have fallen asleep in the hope of the resurrection and all who have died in your mercy. Welcome them into the light of your face. Have mercy on us all, we pray, that with the Blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with Blessed Joseph, her spouse, with the Blessed Apostles, and all the saints who have pleased you throughout the ages, we may merit to be co-heirs to eternal life and may praise and glorify you through your Son, Jesus Christ. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Amen. The peace of the Lord be with you always. And with your spirit. Let us offer to the sign of peace. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. On you stay, Quitolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. <coughs> Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy that you should enter under my roof, but only say the word, and my soul shall be healed. For those who cannot receive sacramental Holy Communion at this time, we pray the act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. 
Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Be separated from you. Amen. The first Noel, the angel did say, was to certain poor shepherds in fields as they lay in fields where they lay keeping their sheep on a cold winter's night that was so deep no Let us pray. Refreshed by our participation in the memorial of the death and resurrection of your Son, we ask, O Lord, that by the example of St. John Neumann, we may experience the power of the sacrament and remain constantly in the Church by the bond of unity and truth. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. The Lord be with you and with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks, Thanks be, be to God. God. Please join in singing our closing song, Angels We Have Heard on High. Angels we have heard on high, sweetly singing o'er the plains. And the mountains in reply, echoing their joyous strains, Gloria. The Prayer to St. Michael St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our protection against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Host, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. Amen. Prayer of Deliverance Almighty God and Father, we beg Thee through the intercession and help of the Archangels St. Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore Thee, deliver us, O Lord 
from hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Spreading the splendor of truth, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Hi, this is Coach Kimball from Arrows and 